The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Dharma Practice Day. And uh, this is, um, today is being offered, for those of you who might be new, hopefully as a standalone day, but it's also offered as part of a series on the Brahma Viharas, on the four, I like to think of them as the four forms of love that are cultivated in Buddhism, four uh, qualities or attitudes. And the particular attitude that we're focusing on today is sometimes called in English sympathetic joy. Mudita is the Pali word. Um, Empathic appreciation. Um, and um, and this is the quality where of love. I like to think of it as love, where we're able to appreciate someone else's well-being, someone else's joy, someone else's successes, and um, and rejoice in it, share in it, delight in it, appreciate it with them. And uh, so this is a good thing. It's, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, the good news, you know, feel good time. Uh, one of the, well, it's been said sometimes in our tradition that it's a particularly, oh, we need to, how, can you hear okay? You can't hear? It needs to be turned up louder, especially with the, especially with the blowers. Also, um, how's that better now? Okay. So, um, it's said in our tradition sometimes, or among our teachers, that um, some people, sometimes people might complain about rejoicing or feeling joy and the joy of others when they're feeling miserable. And, uh, you know, when feeling unhappy, how can I do this when I'm feeling unhappy? But it's said, I don't know if it's true, but, I've been, but it's been said that this is, this is a really good time to do it because uh, if you don't have access, uh, access to it for yourself, um, then you can access it through other people. <laughs> Focus on other people's happiness rather than focusing on your unhappiness. So borrowing on their happiness. Um, it's a beautiful quality. It's uh, said to be the most difficult or the least or the most rare of these four kinds of love for people to practice with, to feel. Uh, it's perhaps something in the human psyche that there's sometimes a reluctance to uh, open up a lot to other people's happiness and well-being, to share with it. Occasionally there's feelings of envy and jealousy that come in, resentment. Uh, sometimes there's a feeling of comparison, you know, if they're having such a good time but I'm not, and I'm therefore, you know, a failure or something. And uh, so the comparing, comparing yourself to others gets in the way, um, uh, and perhaps it's just not a very strong human tendency to go around rejoicing unless it's of someone who really, really close to, like, you know, um, we almost identify with so strongly. The task of uh, the, this Brahma Vihara is to begin expanding our capacity to uh, share with, appreciate with, rejoice in, enjoy other people's well-being and success. And I found it quite, quite a beautiful thing to do because um, there's a lot of goodness. There's a lot of small forms of joy and happiness that people can experience in, the, in their lives. 
And so to be able to, to uh, tune into those and um, appreciate them is really a nice thing. It's to realize it's just kind of often fills out the person, that there's more to the person than sometimes uh, you've realized. Um, so we did uh, kind of a preliminary introduction to this topic a month ago. And uh, today what I thought we'd do, especially in the morning, is primarily um, do meditation practice, do more sitting, keep it silent except for my guidance. And uh, we would, um, um, because traditionally these Brahma-viharas, these divine abodes, are meant to be, um, you know, are meant to be, but are very much practiced and developed as a meditation practice. Um... I'm thinking maybe we should take a break. <laughs> I was going to talk for a little while and then take a break. But, uh, but somehow, I, more than usual, I'm kind of... Maybe it's, it's louder, lower today. Is, uh, maybe it's a good time to take our break. Well, and, then, uh, and then I'll say a few more words and then we'll do a meditation session. So as I said, this morning we'll keep it more meditation focused and then in the afternoon we'll do more meditation but maybe do some other things as well exploring this topic. The Dharma practice days are meant to be days where we explore some aspect of the Dharma in all kinds of different ways. Sometimes in meditation, sometimes in exercises, sometimes in, a lot of times in discussion with each other. And, um, and then at lunch we... Uh, you know, you can talk at lunchtime and get to know. An important part of the Dharma practice days is the way in which helps create community or sangha. That's a chance to um, get to know other practitioners and people you can share Dharma with in some active way. Um, I think that's all you need to kind of know about the day. Uh, it's little, one of the things that's different today and this week is that Andrea Fella and I were discussing. Um, the fundraising for our new retreat center we're about to re- renovate down in Scotts Valley. And so uh, something we're, we're very inspired by, of course, I think. And uh, so we, we would like to spend this week, uh, whatever teacher dana, whatever donations people make to get to us for our teachings, um, we would like to uh, devote it or dedicate it or t- to um, uh, raising funds for the retreat center. We're getting quite close to what we need. We're about 10% away from the, what we need in order to afford the renovation. So we just have this last little piece to go. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, so if that's pertinent for you or inspiring for you, that you'd like to share that, or if you do do teacher dana, then know that's where it goes um, today. So mudita, sympathetic joy, empathic joy, involves um, uh, sharing or feeling empathy in the joy, the happiness, the well-being, the success of someone else. And um, it's usually not done for oneself, though I suppose it's possible. Uh, Mudita usually is done towards someone else. 
And so the, it begins by uh, finding someone for whom it's relatively easy, or very easy, the easiest person you can think of, for whom you uh, can uh, share in their joy, their success, their well-being. And uh, some people will choose uh, someone they know quite close. And sometimes, uh, because close often means complicated, uh, some people find it's better to do someone who's far away like, uh, you know, like I know people who like the Dalai Lama because every time they've seen him in some way or other, he seems to be always smiling. So, so it seems that, um, you know, choose someone like that, it's less complicated. Or some people find that it's very easy to choose someone if they just choose certain aspect of them. Um, you know, so maybe it's a relative, you know, and it doesn't have to be some dramatic spiritual thing. It could be some relative who... Uh, or friend who just gotten their raise or new job and just you know they they're, they're kind of you know upbeat and uplifted by it and so you sh- you share in that and you kind of a f- little bit or or it could be a relative who even distant relative who's really into some sports so maybe it's a you know a teenager or something you know and they're really into their sport and they're having success in their sport and it just and so you just kind of share in that delight. Um, or it could be some, you know, it could be anything at all. In fact, it's even possible to choose, a, uh, if you know, a, a, a animal that brings you joy. Some people will, uh, you know, have their puppy. You know, you, you look at a puppy chasing its tail or a little kitten chasing its tail. Most people smile. The, you know, I don't know people who get grumpy, <laughs> the cat chasing itself, you know. and um, And so... You know, the, the idea with this, these, all these Brahma Viharas is you, 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 you do whatever works, whatever gets you into it. And if it takes a kitten, the image of a kitten chasing its tail, somehow, you know, two kittens tumbling over, playing playfully, you know. If that brings you some kind of joy or delight, brings a smile in your heart, and your, uh, then use that. Whatever it takes to get, it, to get into it, be involved. It does involve uh, using your imagination, some people can have a stronger capacity for imagination than others. You can people will visualize the person. Um, you can visualize in creative ways, like you visualize them with their smile or glitter and gleam in their eye or something. Or some people uh, imagination is more through words, and they can kind of just remember, kind of uh, tell them tell tell you the story of you know last time you saw them and how they were skipping on the sidewalk or that they're happy and what it was like. Um, somehow get into the kind of the, the image or imagination or a sense of the person when they're happy or, or what it is about the person that kind of brings you joy. Some people will do this through the avenue of their virtue, their goodness. They might not be necessarily a buoyant, up, upbeat, smiling person all the time, but there's something about the integrity of the person or the virtue of the person that's really meaningful for you. When you think of this person, you smile with delight that there's such a person in the world. And so the empathic joy is a little bit more to do with these beautiful qualities of who they are rather than obvious, joyful qualities. And then the idea is to keep it really simple. In fact, it's probably best not to think of it as meditation because maybe then it gets more complicated than it needs to be. Uh, the idea is just kind of begin tuning into it, resting into it, uh, uh, 
making that the primary activity of your mind in the course of that meditation period, where your primary activity in the mind is focused around this joy, focused around these the per- people who you can share or you can empathize with as you feel their joy. And just as with, you know, staying on your breath, the mind wanders off, so it might wander off here, and the idea is to bring it back to this theme. Uh, some people find it easier to come back to the breath because of the habit of doing it for a long time or because the breath is less complicated. Uh, the, this, this active imagination, remembering this person, is a little more complicated, more mentally involved than just coming back to your breath. Um, but, uh, uh, so it might be a little bit hard at first, but as we get into it and get used to it and all the distractions tend to fall away, then there's a kind of settling into it that's quite nice and becomes easier usually to stay on track with it. So it takes a while to kind of get over, then just get started, get kind of going into it. Um, but when the mind wanders off, you come back. Um, there can be all kinds of uh, things that in, will come in reservations, blockages, resistances that might come up. Um, sometimes uh, uh, it might trigger other memories. You might be thinking about how joyful they are, but, but <laughs> and, and you remember something else. And, uh, or you might feel envy or jealousy or you're, you're going along just fine for a while but then something gets tripped up on. So it's all fine. And uh, uh, the usual approach for the mudita practice is not to, don't let yourself get tripped up in the sense that don't worry about how you get tripped up. And just very relaxed way, kind of orient yourself back at the simplicity of just feeling joy and and go back and see if you can find some, some way you can connect to someone's joy. If that person's gotten complicated, you start, find someone else. Uh, don't, don't try to force it. Uh, especially in the beginning of, of uh, mudita practice, just go, go where it's easy. Go where it's easy. And, um, and it helps sometimes if you have a series of people for whom it's relatively easy. And sometimes by uh, just gently changing the person every few minutes, it kind of uh, keeps you from getting bored or keeps you from drifting off so easily. It keeps you kind of engaged a little bit more. Uh, if the feelings, if your feelings of being uplifted by this, feeling joyful for it, seems to uh, click in, uh, then sometimes it's nice just to stay with one person because then you develop concentration on that. Just keep the focus going. Sometimes when the concentration is goes relatively strong, the thoughts, the, the, the ideas, even the imagination becomes simpler and simpler. And it's just a simple focus on the person. Um, it's a beautiful quality to develop because it, as we develop in meditation, uh, the idea or the hope is that it becomes easier to uh, have this happen in daily life when it's appropriate in situations that you see someone who's delighting and and immediately you kind of open up and just opens your heart and you relax and you're kind of really happy to share that with them. Um, and then uh, the practice is usually taught, the most common orthodox way of teaching this traditional way, is to t- uh, teach it with uh, saying phrases a phrase that expresses your wish for this person, that keeps you in the groove, keeps you connected. There's a way which sometimes by repeating in an easygoing way uh, certain words in the mind, 
it kind of reminds you to stay present. It's like nudges you or encourages, anchors you in what you're trying to do. Rather than having your thinking mind take you away into thinking about all kinds of wonderful things you can think about, uh, you use your thinking mind uh, through this fa- phrase to stay focused, stay connected. You know, this is what you're doing. And uh, uh, one of the traditional phrases is uh, something like, may your joy continue. May your happiness continue. May your success continue. Um, and um, usually people do, uh, are instructed to use just one phrase. You can make up one that works for you, that seems to express your wish for them. But something that expresses an intention or a wish for their, their welfare, their well-being. So in terms of their joy, their success, may your success continue, may your happiness continue. Um, and so to say that periodically... Some people find that it's, they don't prefer not to use those phrases and do it silently. Now, that's fine. <clears throat> Whatever you can, you know, just if it helps, then you can do it. If it doesn't help, don't, don't bother. <laughs> Any questions? That seem... So, let's try it. So take a comfortable, alert meditation posture. Keeping your posture alert enough, spend a few moments setting yourself at ease. At first you can do it with your body. Let your body be easy. Perhaps as you exhale you can relax your shoulders. Soften your belly. Perhaps the muscles of your face can relax and fall away from the bones. your chest be at ease, relaxing your chest, and your whole rib cage, letting it relax and soften, settle in, relax with the pull of gravity. And if possible, 
See if you can set your mind at ease. Or ease up in your mind, ease up on your concerns, whatever's going on. Or be easy, be easy with what's going on in your mind. And then if you can, put your heart at ease. Be easy with your emotions, ease up. Here you are. It's safe here and you can relax. And then within your body, as part of your body, become aware of your breathing. Become aware of how your body experiences breathing. And if it's easy enough, let your breathing be easy. Easy breath, breathing in and breathing out. And then see if you can bring to mind some person or maybe an animal, some person for whom it's it's easy for you to share in their well-being or their happiness or their joy. Some person, when you think of them, it it brings a smile to you smile in the heart.
And then reflect a bit about what it is about this person, what aspect of this person that is that brings you joy or well-being or what brings you the smile when you reflect on their happiness or joy or success. If you're able to visualize, perhaps you can visualize the person. Maybe what their face is like when the person's smiling or has a delighted face, happy face. And then if you'd like to use the phrase very (coughs) gently as a light wind, refreshing wind blowing across your cheeks or your heart. Use the phrase something like, may your well-being continue. May your happiness continue. May you experience more of your goodness, of your delight, of your success. There's kind of a cycle in this practice of thinking about the person, feeling a little bit uplifted yourself or some delight in yourself, having a smile in your heart. And then from that uplifted feeling, offering them your wish for more happiness. Simple, maybe an in-breath and the out-breath. Simple cycle, going around these three places, them, 
your upliftedness, your wish for them. As you're doing this, it can help sometimes to imagine you're making more space in your heart or in your chest. You're opening up space in there. So there's room for the empathic joy. There's room for you to be uplifted by this person. There's room for your loving wish for their continued happiness.
If it's easy enough to stay with one person, please do. You're also, but you're also welcome to move to another person for whom it's easy to have mudita. Some people find that this practice is helped with, helped by ever so slightly turning up the corners of your lips. Make a little smile as you say the phrases, as you connect to the person.
If there are feelings of empathy or being uplifted or delighted with a person's well-being, sometimes it's helpful to add into the practice a breathing with that empathy, breathing with the inner joy.
And then to end this sitting, taking a few deep breaths into your body, feeling your body. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. offer you a little technique that has helped me for doing practices like this. And I first learned it about when times when I've done visualization practice, meditation practices, I don't visualize very easily. So that's not like my strong, strong point. I don't so, so if I try to visualize, it just kind of gets all mucky in there. I strain or I'm pushing or I'm trying to make something happen get cross-eyed and um, so I don't I don't try to visualize what I do is I imagine that I'm visualizing (laughs) and something happens maybe it's the same thing but but when when I when I operate as if I'm imagining that I'm visualizing then I can relax and sit, settle back and not try so hard. And, and also then, I, I don't, then I'm not operating under some idea of what it's supposed to look like. If I'm trying to visualize, I have some idea of what it's supposed to look like. I'm trying to, but if I'm imagining, it's like I don't have to really see. It's like imagining it, right? <laughs> so that helped me. So also with these kinds of like Brahma-Vihara practices, uh, sometimes I find it helpful uh, to not try too hard but almost like imagine that I'm doing lo- uh, loving kindness or imagine that I'm doing mudita practice. I'm still doing it, but it's kind of like this in that, same, in that same kind of place for me where I'm imagining I'm doing it as opposed to really trying to do it. <laughs> and um, so I don't know if that helps you or just would confuse you, but maybe I'm peculiar. So, um, so let's take, uh, we'll do one more meditation session before lunch, but let's take another 15-minute break. And, but I'd like to give you some, or you can do walking meditation or whatever you'd like, uh, but, uh, but uh, try to keep the break time as not as a completely, um, you know, forget about everything, practice to break and just kind of bust out of here. Uh, but try to stay a little bit close to the stillness or the medita- meditation kind of mode. Um, so walking meditation, if that works, it's nice. But in particular, uh, as you do this little break, see if you could um, tap into, remind yourself, come into thoughts regularly of, uh, of positive regard for the people around you. And just, you know, they don't have to know you're doing it. And you can imagine that you have positive regard. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but just kind of see if you can kind of, whenever you can remember, come back. It's, oh, just some positive regard for the people around you. And then uh, we'll come back in here. We'll start again in here at um, 11.25.
So in, do, in do, so in doing a Brahma Vihara practice, one of the things we're trying to do is to strengthen our capacity for feeling the particular Brahma Vihara. So in this case, strengthening our capacity to have sympathetic joy for others. And as a capacity, it's a little bit different than having a feeling. So sometimes the feelings of sympathetic joy or something are not in what we think they should be or, you know, we're not bubbling, bubbling over or something. But by reflecting, thinking, imagining we're this whole territory, we're beginning to kind of massage the capacity or open up the capacity or, or, or tune or, attune ourselves to the capacity. And sometimes the benefits of doing something like mudita practice are not in the meditation practice, but rather in daily life, where you might be more likely to f- feel some joy and delight in some, in a, with a person that maybe normally you wouldn't. Uh, maybe it's even someone you know in public trans- transportation who sits near you, and normally you're so caught up in your own little world that you know you don't even notice anybody else. But because of the sympathetic joy, you notice that the person seems is smiling, and um, and so you kind of like, like, oh, that's nice. You take it in. The practice, the meditation practice. Um, one of the principles of it is uh, uh, we always start where it's easiest to do mudita, where it's easiest to have this attitude of appreciation in someone's well-being or delight or success. And so the idea is, and usually the classic instructions, you start with a, someone who's really a, like a close friend or an intimate, that it's easy to feel those feelings. And then you start where it's easiest. And each person has to decide for themselves where it's easiest. Maybe it's the kittens. And then we begin to uh, slowly open up or into people for whom it's a little bit more difficult and a little bit more difficult still, and a little bit more difficult still. So they said that after doing the good friend, whom it's supposed to be easy for, the next traditional category is the benefactor. I guess the idea of being the benefactor is a little bit harder. So this means a teacher, someone who's been supported, supported you. It could be an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent or... Uh, someone from who you, you, you feel has your, has your best interest in mind, maybe in a particular area of your life. And because of that, you, you have a lot of positive regard for them. And when you tune in to that part of them that's capable of happiness and success and, and joy and delight, um, it just brings you joy to think of them being happy. And you wish it for them. May they be happy. May they continue to be happy. So you start with someone who's, it's, for it's really easy, Supposedly it's not the benefactor. And then you do the benefactor. And then you do a neutral person. So this is the first person for you don't have any particular good feelings for. <laughs> uh, you know, someone you don't, you know, you're not against them, not for them. You hardly, you know, it could be someone you, a store clerk, could be the mail carrier. You don't, you know, feel any feeling if you never talk to the mail carrier or something. But you begin seeing, can you in some ways have sympathetic joy for them? Can you have some appreciation for their success, their well-being, um, their capacity for joy in some way? And then, uh, eventually, uh, you do uh, sympathetic joy for your enemy. And that's really challenging 
the person who you really have trouble with, you've all this resentment with towards and anger and, you know, how could they? And, and they're like the worst person. But no one's just a, just a worst person. No one's just a good person. We're all mixed bags, right? And um, I've done, uh, you know, people have had difficulty with sometimes I've imagined um, what, it, what it was like for them. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm just making it up, right? Who knows what was going on? But it helps me. Um, is uh, imagine them at their kitchen table on a Friday evening when they were like five years old or so with their parents around them and caring for them. And somehow, oh, that person had parents who loved them or cared for them. And, or that person now has kids or this person has a certain part, parts of their life. They're not all just my enemy. You know, they, so all, there's, there's other aspects of their life and there's times in their life when they get, they're happy and doing well. And so I, to, to reflect on that and then to find in my heart my wish that, yes, may they continue having that in spite of. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a sequence. So what I'd like to do now is to, um, is to um, do this next session to do the benefactor. And we'll start with the person who's easy for, the good, the good friend, and uh, do that for a little bit. And then with that kind of getting us into the territory, we'll shift to uh, what can be called the benefactor, supporter, a teacher, someone who you have some appreciation for, for their, and then uh, do it for them for a while. Okay? So take a meditation posture. Gently close your eyes and gently enter into your body. Let your awareness settle into your body in a gentle way. First by becoming aware of how it is for you to be in your body now. And if, there, if there's any part of you which is uncomfortable, if it's easy to adjust your posture, please do. Or perhaps you can just ease up or be a little easy with the parts of yourself that are uncomfortable. It's okay. Entering into your breathing, perhaps take a few long, slow, deep breaths. To help you reconnect here in the body. Letting your 
breath return to normal. And for a little while, for a couple of minutes, attune yourself to the experience of breathing. Attune yourself to the rhythm of your body, breathing in and breathing out. And then bring to mind some person, some person for whom it's easy to feel sympathetic joy, appreciative joy, empathic delight, a good friend, been told to me that the old texts literally say someone for whom brings a smile to your heart. And thinking about this person, imagining them, thinking of them when they're happy or delighted or successful. See if you can make room in your heart, in your chest, in your mind to let their delight or joy register, their goodness register in you 
to resonate in you. So that you appreciate this friend. If it helps you stay connected to the practice, to this person, you can gently say the phrases, may your joy continue. Some people find it helpful to imagine that the person's here and here in front of them. Almost as if you feel the presence of the person and in that presence you feel something good, something that you appreciate.
taking a deep breath and letting go of this person. Give some thought to who might be a good benefactor, easy benefactor, teacher, supporter, helper, mentor that you've had in your life. for whom you have a positive regard, you have a lot of appreciation. And imagining their happiness, their success, their well-being, the times when they are happy, when things are going well, when their good qualities shine forth. Imagine what it's like, what it has been like for you, and take it in. Let yourself resonate. Let yourself, your heart, your inner life respond to their goodness, to their happiness. Maybe finding the place inside where you think it would be great if this person can be happy and their happiness can continue. And very gently, you might say the phrase, may your happiness continue. May you experience more joy. May your well-being continue.
how fully you connect to the practice what might oscillate like the oscillations of breathing. You'll get fuller, more connected to mudita and then fade away a little bit and then you come back and into it again. Don't be worried about how it fades at times. Just bring yourself back into it. Reconnect to your person, your benefactor. Reconnect to the place of empathy or resonance. And reconnect to your wish for their continued happiness and well-being. If the practice fades or is difficult with the benefactor, you can go back to your good friends or the person's easy for, where you can find another benefactor. Perhaps it's helpful to imagine yourself being open to this person. Open to just feel and share their well-being and their happiness.
Be relaxed about the mind that gets distracted and wanders off. It's okay. But when you notice it, as soon as you notice it, begin again with the sympathetic joy practice. Come back to your benefactor. Open your mind to take this person in.
And then to end this session, take a few long, slow, deep breaths again, feeling your body. As you exhale, perhaps letting go of what you've been focusing on, your benefactor. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Many of you know the Brahma-viharas, <clears throat> these four kinds of love, have what's called the near enemy and the far enemy. The far enemy is that which is kind of like the opposite and which will kind of just wipe out that, the form of love. The near enemy also kind of pushes away but it gets confu- it's close to, it looks like the love. And so it gets confused for it. People think it's the same thing. So um, with, uh, with mudita, things like envy and jealousy over other people's happiness, success, well-being uh, is clearly the opposite. You know, you're, you're kind of filled with envy and jealousy and you're not happy. You get miserable, contracted. And so they, they, they don't coexist. The near enemy of mudita is um, sometimes called in English giddiness, uh, gid- giddiness to be giddy, or a, frivol- a kind of a frivolous feeling, a kind of fri- frivolous feeling of giddiness, frivolous feeling of joy, or excessive exuberance. And uh, just like, you know, like, you know, ready to scream and yell, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, where there's a little bit more, there's attachment involved. There's something we're caught up in. Uh, it's said that mudita, when it's, going, when it's mature in us, there's a kind of a peaceful quality to it, as opposed to something exuberant feeling. So a kind of a clean, in meditation especially, kind of a clean, uh, clean, open, full feeling, as opposed to a lot of energy. It's not energetic, you know, some upwelling, kind of exuberant kind of way. But the idea of giddiness, uh, you can start, people can start feeling kind of joyful or happy doing, sometimes doing this mudita practice. And then the, the feeling inside can be one of delight or joy that they get kind of, people get kind of, rather than focusing on the person and their well-wishing them, people start focusing much more on the inner feelings of joy and they kind of get carried away by it a little bit. And so they get carried away and kind of like pump it up or something. So uh, I thought it'd be nice to take a few minutes now to hear from you. Uh, if you have any questions or any comments or also be nice to hear some reports. What, what was it like to do these little uh, periods of Sympathetic joy practice. How did it go? And challenges? 
joys of doing it. Questions? In the back there. Uh, I I found myself through uh, a large part of this last meditation getting hung up on the word benefactor itself. And uh, finally, towards the end, I was just able to simplify it in my mind more and uh, focus on the people whose um, who have, whose sympathy and and warmth and caring towards me uh, had been of such an open-hearted nature that I was really nourished by it and so I just started thinking about that and I was able to uh, it just it just just helped me. I just found the word benefactor uh, hindering me, no. so I threw it away. Great, great. I'm glad you found your way in it. I can imagine that the word is not a word many people commonly use in their vocabulary. So right. And uh, so I tried to offer a few alternatives before, like mentor or supporter or helper or te- teacher. Some people, I think the classic idea, not that you have to be classic about it. The classic idea of the benefactor is a teacher, like a spiritual teacher. Um, but it could be anyone. So what you found is great. And, um, you know, the, 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 I think it's all these Brahma-viharas, it's helpful if you make the practice your own. So, that, you know, it's good to learn the instructions and maybe try to make it work. But it's also good to hear the instructions and then translate it in a way that works for your life. And that's beautiful you did that. Um, I was also very caught up in the word benefactor. I felt like I couldn't find one. I didn't have one. And I finally chose someone. And in thinking about that person, I thought of someone else who truly is a benefactor and a mentor to me. And I didn't even know I had one. <laughs> and I mean, I can, I can get emotional about it right now. I was sobbing, mm. sobbing. And it was beautiful. And then I was able to settle myself down and really focus on this person and find, you know, the sympathetic joy. I've never done this practice before. Uh-huh. And it was, it was very, uh-huh. very meaningful for Beautiful. Me. And I don't know if you want to share, but I'm curious if you were willing. What was the feeling behind sobbing? What was the emotion that was, came with that? Gratitude to her and the feeling of, oh my goodness, there is somebody like that in my life. You know, so it made me feel very loved. Mm. And it was just a release. Beautiful. And, and then when you were able to do, you said calm down, I think you and do the mudita for that, this person, how was that for you? It was amazing. And it was very peaceful. Um, it was very peaceful, and I. This is a teacher in my life, so I don't know that much about her. So I was able to pick the parts that I do know, and really focus on them, and send out you know 
just my energy out there to her. I almost felt like I was touching her personally, that wherever she is right now, she was feeling it. Beautiful. Thank you. Can I ask a question, a quick one? Yeah. Can you do a quick explanation as to the difference between sympathetic joy and loving kindness? Loving kindness is when you, you wish that someone can experience happiness. They might not be being happy, but you wish them happiness. Uh, sympathetic joy, the sympathetic part, the empathic part is important, where you're actually tuning into how they are. And you're letting it resonate with you. Their, their success, their happiness affects you in a good way. Um, and, so, and, then, and then you wish that happiness, their well-being to continue. Okay. Thank you. So with compassion, you're letting the people suffering impact you and register. And there, you're wishing that suffering to go away, to cease. Whereas with loving kindness, with metta, um, you know, it works for when people are neutral. <laughs> when they're neither, you know, they're neither happy nor, you know, you know, or suffering. It's just, you know, just how they are. You know, it's more, it's the, ba- the basic foundational one. So this is a report actually from the meditation before the break when we had chosen somebody for whom it was easy. Yes, please. Um, And I had a hard time at first choosing someone because I I guess I'm not sure if so many people around me seem to be struggling or if that's what I tune into. But I ended up choosing someone with whom I'd had a very positive and cheerful interaction at work. Actually, it was after work just recently, and she was very excited by the interaction that we had and and happy with it, and so was I. I was happy to see her happy, so I focused on that person and um, her happiness and her well-being and hoped that that would continue and grow. And what I came away with was this kind of new feeling about my work, which was transformed from a feeling where I often feel like it's a place of struggle and people around me are suffering and struggling and I'm kind of suffering and struggling <laughs> um, to this place where there's possibility for um, happiness and, and uh, I felt really grateful for that. That, that happened in the meditation? It happened in the meditation. Well, wonderful. Yeah. Take it with you. <laughs> That's good. And, there, you know, it's possible there's a lot more little slivers of happiness, joy, delight, good things going on than we normally notice. I mean, the, the, um, the sun is shining more often than it's cloudy around here. <laughs> For example, you know, what? I said that's not necessarily a good thing. Well, yeah, right now, but <laughs> this year, but this was meant to be an analogy. <laughs> Not so much for the meditation on the benefactor, um, because I don't feel that I have that many, but for the meditation on the, um, the person who really um, has brought joy and support into your life that's not necessarily a benefactor, the person who just makes you feel joy, I found that after a while, 
my mind would start to wander and then I would get, move to a different person. And that seemed very vibrant and uplifting. And then after a while, maybe after the fourth person, I found that there was such a deep sense of peace and calm that felt like joy. But it was very, I mean, I, I thought at first, am I spaced out? And I thought, no, I'm actually very present. Um, and it didn't seem right at that point to make myself go back to a person. And I was wondering if you could comment on that. There's no shoulds with this practice here. You're doing it for your own sake, for what, you know, you're doing it for yourself, you know, in a way that's helpful, supportive for you and open something nice for you. So um, I could easily imagine, you know, I've done this, you know, come to a place of peace and quiet. It's hard to have the mind get active and think more and just go with that and, and follow, that, follow that stream, see how it goes. Um, I could also know sometimes where it's, it's tempting to stay calm, but it's been t- good. I, don't know, I think I, I like to kind of keep on track. I want to keep developing this muscle. And this is the task right now is to develop this muscle. You know, I can get calm later. <laughs> And so both choices are fine, but, you know, and uh, choose the choice that's most fun, or most, most nice for you, or most, most nourishing. One thing that was really um, apparent for me was that, and that felt really good, is that I was aware of this um, joy which I, I'm not aware of very often within myself, which is why I'm here. But I was aware of this joy and peace. Well, I felt joy and peace. And then it came upon me, oh, I'm aware of that. And it just kind of felt like, not locked in place, but it, there was just this other type of awareness that, that brought forth more joy. Beautiful. Joy begets joy. Beautiful. And this thing about, you know, getting calm and peaceful and stopping doing the practice, it's a, you know, you could, it's fine, it's a beautiful thing to do. And then at some point you might lose the calm, the peace, you might come out of it, and then you pick up the practice again. Over here, do we have another mic? We, could, we have another mic here, we can take this one, keep the two sides of the room. Uh, I I recently um, have an experience, actually, is a disappointing experience with somebody that I have a high regard, but he, you know, did things to me that made me feel kind of hurt. And um, so when I was thinking about this benefactor, you know, I, I, I actually have fair amount of interaction with him and I have high regard for this person. But I kept on picking on these little things that he didn't do that well. You know, part of me don't really want to trust him completely. Nah. Maybe it's because, you know, my my recent experience with another person. You know, I don't know it's that good for me to be that trusting because, you know, I might get hurt. Oh yes. Well that's an interesting very interesting issue. And um, so I don't, know if, I don't know how well I can say this, but I'll try. And that is that um, maybe, maybe you can separate out, make, distinguish between two different issues. There's the issue of trusting someone, and there's a separate issue, separate capacity, 
to just uh, f- uh, be delighted in their delight and wish it more. And you can wish someone happiness and joy and wish them more of it. And, and st- at the same time, you know, I, I have to be a little bit careful with this person. I don't have to, you know, invite him into, into my house. I don't have to, you know, give him the keys to my car. The person's not a good driver. <laughs> and so the two can go, so, so a certain kind of caution can exist together with a very big openness where you really, the mudita really flows towards them. And if you, if you confuse those two, the trust and the mudita, then it can be more difficult to do the mudita. Does that make sense? And this is also why it can be, as it is, a very important distinction to be made when we start doing it for what the, the tradition calls the enemy the difficult person. We're not necessarily supposed to now, just because we have all this well-wishing and shared, appreciative joy f- for the enemy, the difficult person, it doesn't mean that you know our, our cautions go to the wind and we open our doors and give them the keys to their car. and you know, just, uh, you know, We still are wise about how we relate to them. Is, is this, you think, might be helpful? Last one, here. Uh, With a good friend. um, uh, It felt great. (laughs) It was was a great relief to find um, happiness and joy for however long, 15, 20 minutes. It's very nice. And then um, um, I started to get, I don't know exactly what, a little bit lost or whatever. Maybe it was the second time we did it. And I uh, shifted to my dog, or a dog I had a long time ago. And at first that was very nice. Um, But unlike the first one, what happened was I started to get caught up in things I I had done wrong with the dog. And it started to become... It, it shifted from very nice and happy to feeling guilt and sorrow and, and shifting back and forth. And then I realized what was going on and I just dropped it and went back to the other one. Right. It was a complex relationship. So the, um, uh, all these Brahma Viharas, but Mudita as well, as we do them, can stir us up and can reveal different things that go on. That's part of their function. Um, it's the, the, the practice, these kinds of practices, spiritual practice in general, um, is not really meant to go from worse to better in some straight linear line. You know, it's supposed to really meet our lives and the, full, the complexity and all the different unresolved issues in our life come to the surface. So at, any mo- at a moment's notice, your heart can decide, you have an unresolved issue you need to look at now. And, uh, you know, if you're going along beautifully, you're coasting along, you know, feeling joy and peace and delight, and then... (laughs) (laughs) And it's not a mistake, it's just now it's time for that. So for you, perhaps, um, there's something unresolved, leftover, you know, or at least a tendency to self-criticism or feel bad about yourself, that maybe it's something useful for you to look at and work through and become free of. So you could just stop the the Vedita practice and do some mindfulness about what's going on for you. Or you could 
you know, or you could say, not now, I'll go, I'll go back and find someone who's not so complicated like my dogs, unless, you know, dogs are too complicated, so. <laughs> and uh, because I want to stay with the mudita, and then later I'll deal with the dog thing, you know. But, uh, but uh, I, would, I would, my approach to this kind of, when this kind of thing happen, happens is to be welcoming to it and say, oh, good. <laughs> you know, and the fact that it's showed up that I'm doing this shows this is good because the fact that it's ar- arisen means that this is something for me to look at and now I get to consider how I best look at it and work through this and become free. Okay? You don't look so convinced. <laughs> okay. So, um, let's take our lunch and, um, let's see, let's take our lunch and, um, let's see, what's that sound? Is that a, one of the mics? Can you, both, both mics off? Turn, turn the green life off? No. It's a me. So, um, so one of the qualities of mudita is appreciation. And our ability to appreciate things, appreciate the sun, appreciate company, appreciate the fact that we have flush toilets, <laughs> appreciate that we have food for lunch or something, um, that there's a lot, there's, for some reason or other, a lot of the human minds have a predilection to looking at what's difficult or what's the problems. And uh, often the tenser we are, the more cut up we are, the more likely that's the direction of the mind. The more relaxed we are, the more settled and contented we are, the more we tend to notice that what's, what's, uh, what's good in the present moment, what we appreciate. So I say that as, a, as, a, as part of lunch, that the pra- your practice, if you'd like, during lunchtime, is appreciation. It could be private, no one needs to know what you're appreciating. But uh, why don't you uh, uh, try to give some regular active thought to uh, appreciation during this hour we take off our lunch. And the classic thing is to appreciate your food but uh, whatever, and, um, and see, see, see if you can pick out of your environment what's, what you appreciate. Even if 90% you feel oppressed by all these difficult people here, <laughs> um, focus on the 10% that you appreciate these people. So let's see what happens if you focus more on the appreciation part. And um, not to kind of say that everything's rose col- rose-colored or you know, everything is beautiful and wonderful and, you know, you're kind of painting IMC in hallmark colors. But rather, um, but you know, there are things to appreciate and what's it like to tune into those. So well, let's start again here at maybe uh, at 1.30. Maybe it's easy to st- at 1.30. And uh, those of you who haven't done this before, people who know how to do it will bring out tables in, in the outer hall and chairs and you can sit out there and, and have your food. And there's microwaves if you want to heat up your food if you brought some. You can also bring chairs and even the tables outside in the parking lot if you want uh, and sit outside. And, uh, and you're welcome to talk to each other and, and get to know each other and either talk about mudita and your experience or questions your con- or something else.
And um, also you're welcome to sit by yourself quietly if you prefer that. And if you didn't bring a lunch and eat something, um, you know, there's some delis, uh, you know, both at Safeway down the street there in El Camino and at Whole Foods they have delis. Most people like to go down to Whole Foods. Um, But anyway, there's a variety of places you can go close by. Enjoy your lunch.